No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and today we got the one and only Black Zach in the building. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. What's up, Adam? Shit, I'm just mesmerized by the ridiculous amount of ice that you're currently flexing in my face right now. I can't <laughs> even get over it. Yeah, this is a little bit. I ain't even brought it off. I don't like traveling with this shit. Really? You got a lot more at home that's not here for us to see? Yeah, for sure. Way more. So you, you keeping in like a bank vault or some shit, or are you just keeping in the crib? Um, I heard really rich people, they have to get like a bank yeah. to keep their jewelry in. My jeweler keep most of it for me. Wife would keep he hold it most of it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's yeah. up. How big how big how much money do you think you honestly spent on jewelry at this point in your life? Probably like eight hundred thousand. But that was way before my record deal. Like really? I ain't really touched my record deal money yet, but that was like way before like, I've been doing this like three years. Really? Two, three like yeah. Cause okay, that's one thing I got from your uh music as I've been listening to all your tapes over the past couple of days is that you definitely have been making money for yourself since what the age of like 16 facts talk to me about the early days of that like in terms of how you sort of discovered that entrepreneurial spirit um it really came from like my older brother like my brother tony and and really just knowing what i wanted out of life like i know like when you're in the streets that shit ain't guaranteed so only thing i seen me doing other than what i was doing was music uh-huh. So and I know I always wanted million dollar houses. I wanted all the fly cars that was that's coming out. Like I wanted all that shit. So I just knew I had to hustle. Whatever whatever I was gonna do, I was just gonna be good at it, regardless. Okay. So do you feel like you grew up poor, or how would you describe the the circumstances that you came up in? Nah, hell no. Nah. I wouldn't say poor. Like I I was raising the projects, but like my mama still made sure like like I had like enough to 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 be decent but as you get older shit you know you see all the all the kids at, at school with all the every pair of joy that come out and then you want cars and shit mama ain't about to buy me no two hundred thousand dollar car or fifty thousand dollar cars and shit like that so i had to get out there and do it on my own right well, did you see her struggling to like because how many brothers and sisters you have i got uh one brother one brother, one sister. Okay. But did you see your mom having to, like, really work her ass off and, like, basically not really enjoy her own life because she was working so hard to take care of you guys? Yeah, for sure. Like, my mom, I was raised up um, just by my mom. My daddy wasn't never around, so I always seen her. But she made it look so cool, but I knew something was going on mm-hmm. because as I got older, I knew something went right, but she always made it look easy. Like, my mom ain't going to complain about shit. Right. Yeah. Okay, but your brother is how many years older than you? He, like... Probably like 10, 10, 10 years, years old. Like 10, 12 years old. I'm the oh, youngest. Shit. Okay. Yeah. And so he hopped off the porch before you, so you ended up kind of like learning the game from him? Exactly. Like me and my brother, we was just at um, Thanksgiving talk about it. Like I used to like just sit there and watch them. Like it'll be cars running, like they'll be running up to the cars right, right when they turn on. Like because when my grandma stay at, it's like one way in, one way out. Mm. So as soon as I see a car coming up, I see them running to the car and then like my uncle was laughing the other day at Thanksgiving he was like um somebody asked me what I was doing I had a handful of rocks and my my uncle was like somebody asked me like what you about to do and I was like I'm about to go sell rocks like my like my <laughs> like my older brother but I ain't knew back then I just knew you know I guess the lingo and you just heard people talking about selling talking rocks about, exactly. and you were like well I guess I gotta go sell yeah, this yeah that's what I'm about to do that's what that's I'm amazing on. <laughs> Holy shit. No, the one way, like the street that you can, like the cul-de-sac type thing where you can go down the end of the street, but you can't come back. That's always a, a risky type of street, right? One way in, one way in, one way out. Right. Yeah. So you, 
your childhood, you were spending a lot of time just sort of like outside. Do you remember when you were started to like really see shit go down your area that made you realize that, you know, there's like that line separating like your childhood and then when you sort of start to realize that the world is a little bit scarier? Um, I mean, I probably realized that like when my, like when one of my closest partners died, like when JJ died from um, like a robbery attempt, like that was the closest thing I've seen like to death. Like, and that kind of woke me up. But other than that, from the time I go to my grandma's house to back to my house, it was straight hustling. Like, it was always money moves. Right. It wasn't, I wasn't raised around robbers and jackers and shit like that. Like, I was raised around straight hustlers. Okay. For sure. That's what's up. But so when when you're out there, like, walking around with a handful of rocks, like, when did you start to realize what, what the people in your area were actually doing? Shit, once I seen, like... Police is coming, picking them up and shit like that. I was like, man, they must be doing something that ain't, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that ain't right. Right. Do you have yeah. like memories of uh of the cops like sort of you know being shitty to people in your neighborhood as a kid? Is that like a, a consistent memory of sort of police brutality or at least just like harassing you? Yeah, the, the police put me in uh, handcuffs like when I was I think I was like 13, 14 years old, something like that. The police put me in handcuffs because they came on the on street looking for uh. Like, doing their regular routine. Like I think my brother and them know the, the actual police officer name because he used to be there all the time, but I can't think of it right off my head. But he used to always be on the street, and the boy, like the boys used to always be in front of my grandma's house. So he came, once once the police came, I guess they threw whatever they had, and I happened to be in front of the house too, so they just put everybody under arrest. So, but my grandma came out. She was fussing, like, y'all better get them handcuffs out of my baby and this and that. So they ain't no letting me go. But, like, that shit used to happen all the time. Like, I used to see the police just doing shit all the time. Mm. When you think back to those time periods, did you feel like you were meant for something more? Or, like, when did that uh, start to formulate in your head? Like, oh, shit, maybe I could be a a rapper or an entertainer or do something outside of just illegal activities and whatnot. The rap rap shit really came, like, um, after high school. like somebody told me, like I, I got a rapper image, like I be doing shit a rapper do. So I just tried it, and it went from like my neighborhood fucking with it to to the city to people around the world. And so I'm just trying to keep going with it as far as that. Right. Yeah. What was it that they said? That, so they said you had a rapper image. They were just referring to the way you were carrying yourself, or, or the fact that you were having things, or what? I think it was like all the above, like from the way I carry myself, from the things I was having, like. I always had like the uh back in the day like we used to ride in like I don't know if they really do it over here but it, we call them like the old school shit like the dunks and shit with the big rims. Yeah, not so much around yeah, here. Yeah, they don't do it over here no more. We don't do it back at home no more. But back then we used to do it like a lot back in the day like like oh nine two thousand ten shit like that. Like, right. And I always had like different cars like that. So it was like shit. You already moving like a rapper. You might as well rap. Right. And I tried it. And I just kept going from there. Did you have anybody that you were looking to for inspiration? You know, being from sort of a small town, it's like that that could be one of the main problems. Like if you're trying to make it as a rapper in New York or Atlanta or L.A., you're going to have somebody who already kind of knows the game trying to take you and help mold you and and sort of show you what what they want you to be doing and everything. Was it not really like that since you're coming from like a smaller area? It's definitely not like that. Like it's nobody who I can really say musically – that I can go to and feel like, oh, I can go to them for advice. Mm. Ain't nobody in Columbia like that. Like, I got OGs like Roy and 
and people from North Carolina, like Carter and all them, who I called them, on the people in like Arnold, OG, like OG Arnold and all them, and Craig, those type of people, but nobody like musically in from Columbia that that I can call and be like, I was motivated from them. And you kind of had to just figure it out on your own. Exactly. When did uh, you start to, like, who, who were the first people that sort of recognized your talent or, or saw what you had going on and wanted to help support it in any way? I say it had to be like like my neighborhood, my city, and then, but when I when I had linked with SMG, um, Arnold, and that's the same label, all oh, the baby and all the signed to. Right. So uh, once I linked with them, that's when that's when everything got organized. Cause before then, like it was just me and my brother just running around, just spending a ton of money mm. with no with no real structure. So shit, once I got with them, everything got organized, and I just, I could focus on being a rapper. Because at first I had to make the music, then I got to, like, focus on how I'm going to, like, market the shit, promote the shit. Mm. Like, I had to do all that shit on my own, so. But now I just, I make the music, and, you know, I still put my input in as far as the other stuff, but I got a team now. Right. But but that's interesting, because you're talking about that sort of smaller label that you're assigned to and you did that many many years before you signed the deal with Interscope right and do you feel like you're sort of gradually giving up more and more control of your career and is that you know as somebody who is a real entrepreneur a real hustler a lot of times if, if you just fall back and you're just the artist I feel like somebody like you is going to not really be satisfied with that in the long term nah see see, I, I came from the independent grind like I've been signed with honor like I say about a year and a half or something like that, now. and I've been signed with Interscope for almost a year now. So it's like, oh, I, okay. yeah, I did, I did the independent shit first. So I just come from that. Like, but the reason I signed a deal because it was like, I feel like it went in much more I can do on my own. And me being a hustler, I don't mind giving a person like you know a little piece of something to to make to make something because I ain't no starving artist. Mm. Like shit, real life, I had at least three M's before I even signed with with them. Really. Yeah, no cap, mm. at least. So shit, I'm like, I give a little something for that get me some structure with this shit. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how I feel. Like, I be, and then I feel like most people who be talking about they ain't really want to sign with nobody and shit like that. Like, they be capping. Like, everybody make music to 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 try to get signed. Whether whether the situation if they come at you with some chunk change or some or or try to take over all your, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's your on creative ideas or like all your masters and everything where they put you in a bad deal now you got to negotiate that you got to figure oh, I don't want to do that mm. but you going to sign the deal if if the if the numbers in the situation is right that's what I feel like the goal is right yeah. it's crazy cuz I see it now where you'll have like a, a bigger artist trying to sign smaller artists and like the smaller artists have access to so much information now that they don't want to sign they they feel like they're going to be able to stay independent for a long ass time build up their hype and then eventually go to a label or go to a bigger artist and sign but now a lot of times I I witness it where they sort of lose their way they got like a couple months of hype yeah. and, and you know a bigger artist wants to fuck with them label wants to fuck with them and then that shit just sort of like winds down and that person is left wishing that they probably had pursued one of those deals that they could have taken earlier on yeah exactly so, but when you the the smg it's called right the smg okay right yeah. but so that's like a carolina sort of specific thing because when we think about it like you and the baby and is there other artists who are from that area they're all signed to that or um, Stunner. See, we got oh, SMG, too. Okay, right. SMG, SE, like DME, all that shit like an umbrella. So we got Stunner, you know what I'm saying? He with BDP, um, Baby. Me and Baby signed to SMG under the same thing. My boy Tusi too, right? Yeah, Tusi too. Mm. Tusi, Big Mally, that's my little sister. Um, 
all us really signed under SMG. Then you got SCE, Zay, Lil John, Shaq. They got a whole roster. I be going all day. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so it's a lot of shit. It's a lot of we got a lot of talent coming out of there. That's what's up. So yeah. did you have you known the baby for a long time? And like, what, what's that relationship like? Um, yeah, I know baby like way before how I turned up he is now. Like, um, before I even signed the honor, like honor called me and was like, he got an artist that he want me to go do some music with. So I pulled up and baby was by itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool dude, he was by itself. So we did like three, four songs. Then, and then like, we always kind of like stayed in touch. But like I said, he was from North, I was from South. And he was doing his thing like, and he, he went up from there. And like, he, he always showed me, the, you know what I'm saying? The love and the respect. Right. Cause he know what's going on. Like the world probably don't really know yet, but he know like really what's up with me. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, do you feel though that like there needs to be a degree of of loyalty in in terms of like you guys coming from the same area because he knows how hard your struggle has been trying to make it up out of that area, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know the relationship is cool, but at the end of the day, like nobody owe you nothing. Like he don't owe me nothing, mm. so it's like I'm a, he, I'm gonna make it happen regardless. Like I don't be too too tough in the complaining. Sometimes I call Carter and be like, man, fuck this shit. Like I be ready to, to to just snap on everybody, but then I snap back in, and I be like, man, I can't complain. Like it's on me. I just gotta keep grinding it, and they'll and they'll figure it out. But like baby, he show he show love. I can call baby and ask him anything, like for advice or anything. Right. Yeah. For sure. No, I I was listening to another interview of yours, and somebody was saying that you thought about quitting rap even within the last couple of years. For sure. Because you've been grinding for a long time since like 2010. Yeah, like 2010. Like just really just putting shit out, just not even knowing what I'm doing, just spending money. I'm I I feel like if I make the music, then put an album cover out, and then just pass our CDs. Back then, that's when we were passing our CDs. Uh-huh. But I ain't really had no structure. But since I got a team, like, my shit just been going crazy from there. Just got signed quick and just been going up from there. Right. What do you yeah. feel like are the main things that having the team together sort of allows you to do? Like, just put out higher production quality videos and sort of, you know, like, you could spend so much time marketing your shit, and if you're not doing it efficiently – then you're just going to be wasting time versus like if you have an actual team around you to make sure that you're able to focus on the important things. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, just like just like playing basketball, you got to have five people out there to, to win, but everybody get a W no matter who the star player is. Mm. So it's like when you got a team, like you can just really it, – it's all about being organized and, you know what I'm saying, everybody working, doing their job. Mm. Yep. It's it's interesting because as I was listening to your tapes, I feel like there's like a change that I was kind of witnessing in your style, where it's almost like, you know, you're you're like a very good rapper, and you're talking a lot of uh, about street stuff and everything. But then in your more recent stuff, I feel like there's almost something that sort of a, a, a switch that flipped in your head, where you were like. I need to be more introspective. I need to give them more like real shit, more relatable shit versus just sort of giving them like the flexing and like, you know, that kind of thing. Like, is that something you consciously thought about? Um, Yeah, I be trying to be versatile. Like me and Zay was just sitting in the truck talking. I be trying to like put like different songs whether I put like a melodic song, something with me kind of like singing or something with me like just do something for the girls. Like, I just try to do different shit because they're they going to try to put you in the box. Uh-huh. But, like, my label, like, be coming at me like, man, you got to show struggle. But I'd be I be like, that, how yeah. the hell? How the hell I supposed to do it? Like, 
It's either with me, you either gonna gonna like me or you don't like me. You either gonna take this shit as motivation or be like, oh, he's trying to flex. Mm. I ain't flexing on nobody. I'm just giving you my story. If you can't feel my story, then the story ain't for you. Like, a nigga wasn't rich his whole life, but I can't remember when a nigga was broke. It's like mm. I always knew I wanted to hustle, whether I had $500 when I was little or to having $50,000 when I was 16, 17. Like, I just knew I wanted to hustle, so I can't speak for the struggle when I ain't struggling. Like, I ain't gonna tell you, like, that the struggle not real or something like that because, like, I done, I done taste it, but I wanted to come out of that shit. I'm gonna tell you that you can come out of this shit. Like, mm. if you put it if you put it in your mind and you put your hustle to it, you can come out of it. Yeah, see, I thought it was interesting that you were willing to let the people know on your album that that's what the label would be trying to tell you. Because it's like, like, so take me behind the scenes there. Like, is, is that, like, a like what other things are the label trying to tell you or trying to give you advice and shit? Like, because it, it must be kind of strange for you to have to even think about it like that. Because on one hand, <laughs> you could just be yourself on your music and just be yourself 100%. Or you could kind of be open to that sort of thing. And I mean, that changes things a lot once you start to realize, like, I have a, have a base of people out there and I'm, I need to sort of think about what they want versus just being 100% myself. It's like that sort of changes yeah, things a bit. Yeah, it do change it, but it's like you got to, you know what I'm saying? When I Even when I talked to uh, Baby, he was like, bro, just keep doing what, what got you here. You know what I'm saying? If some people don't understand it, like some people don't come from the streets, and but they gon' they gonna get hipped on. Mm. So she is like, yeah, that's the only thing the label really be talking about is like showing struggle. I'll be like, I hear you, like I'm gonna make songs like the. I probably switch it up a little bit, but it's like, nah, I'm gonna let you know if you grind a hustle, you can be out here balling, mm. like a low key with it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's like one of the other challenges as an artist is that like a lot of times people might want to hear about stuff that to you is ancient history you know like a lot of rappers are really talking about shit that they probably ain't done in 10 years 20 years like some of the biggest legends in rap somehow still have to like go back into the bag and try to think about you know like selling fucking pills when they were 18 <laughs> or some shit that they yeah. you know it's distant fucking history but still like our biggest heroes get on the track and do that when it comes time to do it yeah cause that's what the young like that's what the young niggas still out there doing like they still in the trap. Mm. So, like, if you can't touch those people, like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't really doing nothing. You ain't really touching the people how you think you is. Like, you probably made a song to get up out of there, but eventually you're going to have to come back mm. and touch the people. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So, I saw you when you were leaving LAX that you got right into the Rolls Royce truck or whatever. Like, is, is that really important for you to, like, when you – pull up to a city that you got to be moving right like do you feel like that's an important part of sort of like your brand in terms of who you are or like what what makes you want to stunt so hard i'm somebody i'm I, even where i'm at in life i'll still get like a hundred dollar a day rental car it's like yeah. i wouldn't even think to like you know go flex on people like that i be i be losing my license all the time you know when you need a goddamn when you're out of town you be needing a license to go rent the cars right. but i'd have been renting like like exotic cars so long like like you can go look on the vlog back probably like 2014 when I was in Miami rent cars. And I don't ever try to act like them my shits because I got them same cars back at home. So right. I don't be I don't be trying to flex like I'm like this my shit. It is weird when you see fans commenting like, oh, he rented that. And it's like he's on the other side of the country. Yeah, what the fuck sure. would he have done to like get his car? And know? I'm still active in my comments. I ain't that I ain't, you know how some <laughs> rappers be so right. big they ain't even coming back. I'm gonna comment your ass back like yeah, this a this a rental, but I got this shit at home. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's how I'm moving for sure. Like, 
It is what it is. Has that been odd for you, like being that you've been rapping for a long time, like in terms of having to adapt to social media and stuff? Were you like a, a person who always just naturally took to social media or is that nah. something you had to learn to promote your music? Yeah, like that was my main problem, probably out of the whole time me doing this. Like you got to really be an entertainer. Like you can't, like I be so like, in trap mode, I be telling like my brothers, like, man, you talking about you on a rap, man. You be acting like a, tra-. you know what I'm saying? You can't act like a trapper. Like, you got to act like how these rappers be out here, like, really just being active on the internet. Mm. Whether you post or whether you, like, my brother, he get fly all day. My brother, Nike Town Jew, he get fly every day. And I be like, you talking about you rap? Go post a picture, man. Let them people see, like, how fly you are. Like, Hit post the gas a station with the good lighting. Yeah, at the Get gas station. Get your photos off. Let's line. go. Yeah. Exactly. $2,000, $3,000 fit on easily. I'm like, bro, go take a picture and like promote your music and stuff. But I had to get out of that too, so I don't judge it. Like, I had to get out of that too. Like, I was moving like that too. Like, not being active, but now I be trying to be more active on the internet now because I know that play a big part mm. in the music. That's funny you say that because I know a lot of rappers who I feel like they wear regular ass clothes all the time and then they only post a picture once they buy some drip. Like they'll hit the Gucci store, <laughs> post photos for like two, three days, and then you don't see them for like a long ass time. And I find yeah. that really interesting because it's yeah. like some people are the opposite of that. Some people just dress crazy all the time. They don't yeah. really think of And some people, the outfit, like for me, if I was going to buy some fancy ass outfit, then that the only reason I'm doing it is for the photo. For sure. Because I don't really understand otherwise. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I ain't gonna lie. I just like it. You know, I like the dress too, but I, I've been trying to cut back on just going shopping, just been shopping. Like the quarantine shit probably really what been messing me up, just being bored. Really? Just shopping, buying stuff, but I don't really be into that shit like that either. I like shoes more than clothes. Mm. Yeah, so has, has the quarantine changed your life? Were you, you were on tour doing shows all the time for a while there, huh? Yeah, we was on, um, like we had tours and shit set up for the Carolina Narco, uh, Tape like I had something with money bag set up and something with baby and then I was going on my own shit. But shit, other than that, it's like the quarantine just really shit everything down. The corona just shit everything down. But you know, we still made it work through the pandemic. It's interesting seeing rappers pick up new hustles. You got Blueface, he got a Bad Girls Club in his crib. Yeah, I seen somebody say that like I never seen rappers push their merch this hard. Yeah, that, the quarantine <laughs> really made you get creative. Yeah. Yeah. Has anything come up from your perspective? Like, what are you doing with all that extra time that you're home that you would have been on tour and just sort of using all that energy? You recording more or what takes up that energy? Um, yeah, recording and just chilling with the family and shit. Mm. Yeah, that's what I've been doing most of the time. Just recording, really, though. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it weird to have that much time to the kids or to be around the family, being that, like, normally you're, you're just pulled in so many different directions in terms of performing and shit? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, my kids, they, like, they be missing me all the time. So it's like it was it was real cool, like, to be able to just chill with them as much as I did. Like, they they used they was at my house, like, all the time. Still be at my house, like, all the time because I just got my, my crib built. So they be over there all the time, like, in the pool, playing basketball and shit. So. Yeah. My girl yeah. actually got pregnant, like, immediately as soon as the quarantine hit. So we just gave birth to the kid. Yeah, but congratulations. I appreciate it, but it's all within the quarantine thing. Like, the fucking umbilical cord thing, that shit fell off immediately before I came here. Oh, yeah. The that's crusty-ass belly button thing that she was toking <laughs> around for the past few weeks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's been uh, actually a lot easier. It's, like, much less decisions of, like, oh, 
am I going to go to fucking roll out this weekend and try to make some content, do some interviews and shit? It's like, no, there, there's nothing for you to be going to really, unless I want to go to like Atlanta and go to a little boosie pool party or some shit. Yeah. I, I, I heard boosie pool party be lit. <laughs> have I you, see. uh, have you been booked for shows? Like are there's still shows down South that are like happening regardless of the quarantine. Yeah. It's still shows and shit. Like I got, um, I just really got booked for two shows in, um, in December. Mm-hmm. I got to do drops for them shit. So, yeah, people still touring, like, not touring, but still doing shows and shit. That's um, what's up. Um, who do you consider yourself to be influenced by in terms of your style and music and stuff? You mentioned Moneybag, and I was thinking that, like, when I was listening to your stuff, that he's somebody that I kind of could see you being a fan of or, or appreciating his style. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I rock with Moneybag hard, but I wouldn't say, like, a fan, like, that's somebody I look up to or, or was like coming up off his music but I would definitely say like um like the goddess Rick Ross um Gucci for sure mm-hmm. and Jeezy type shit yeah those type people what was the line you had on the tape you had a little uh thing you were saying about Jeezy I forget exactly what you're saying about him but you were bringing up some some quote of, of his like when he said he came in the game with everything he wanted right yeah I really did come in this shit with everything I wanted right no cap, like everybody who really know who who been tuned into my shit for years, like they know. Right, but mm-hmm. does that get frustrating for you that you feel like you accomplished so much on a, a different landscape, and then then you come into the rap game and you sort of have to, in some ways, you kind of have to do the process again. Right, like like I was talking to um, OG about it. Like I was like, I can't, I can't come in the game like and buy a new chain. And be like, oh look, I'm flexing or something like that. I done put my standards in my goddamn shit so high, so it's like my shit really got to be about straight music, making music moves. I can't go buy a new car or buy a new chain, buy nothing like that and impress people because they already done seen it. Like I'm trying to, I want to be from Dr. Dre and shit like that. Like that's where I feel like people gonna really whoop the whoop and just making music moves instead of like all the flexing and the money like. Like, I feel like if you don't know about that by now, you just ain't going to know or you just a hater. So it's like I ain't even trying to put that energy out there like that. So it's strictly about the music. Like, I want these people to respect me as a, a rapper. Like, they been respecting me as a trapper. Right. I'm trying to get them to respect me as a rapper. Definitely. Do you uh, Were you watching the Jeezy and Gucci battle? Yeah. How'd you feel about it? <laughs> it was funny. As it a was- fan of, of both of them. Yeah, I'm a fan of both. Who are you so rooting like, for though? Like before God, it even happened, who damn, are you who like are you that. hoping would win? Damn, I, <laughs> hey, I just love they do they did it for the culture, but it's like, damn, like I can't even I can't pick a side with that because I I got money like listening to both of them, so I ain't, I don't want to pick a side because I. I rock with both of them. Me and a bunch of my friends, though, have the same story that we were driving in our car, and yeah. at the exact moment that Gucci started talking about smoking on somebody's uh, homie, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm screaming at the phone. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked that he actually took it there. Um, I wasn't shocked. You weren't shocked that he, that he yeah, would do nah, that? Yeah, no. nah, Gucci, Gucci. That, that's like some, somebody coming in front of you, like, you ain't seen in years this man try to kill you. You know, you probably, you probably been waiting to say some shit like that, and... Mm. And it's in front of like two million people, how many other people it was tuned in. So, and he entertainer. I feel like Gucci, like probably a better people's person and entertainer than Jeezy. But you know, I I, I rock with both of their music. Right, but I mean, 
could you imagine, like, I mean, it's so hard to even put yourself in that situation. But let's say, like, all right, back in 2010, somebody had tried to kill you and you knew that they were sent by another rapper. And then 10 years later, you're going to get up on stage and rap against him. That alone is kind of amazing because it just shows a degree of maturity and growth to even be able to put that shit aside and be like, we're going to get in the same room. And then for him to actually acknowledge that he killed your homie and to have that brought up on stage in a way it was like i thought people were kind of bugging because i seen so many people saying like oh i can't believe jeezy let him say that it's like what what was jeezy gonna do put Even, that nigga ass in the dirt but, okay, but what's jeezy gonna do jeezy can't fucking swing on him he can't shoot him like we're yeah. on camera like every single like crazy street thing is is off the table it's impossible at this moment i don't know i don't understand how people were able to to say that with a straight face like as if jeezy was yeah. supposed to do something other than just exactly. try to be the bigger man there niggas be goddamn speaking on shit that they wouldn't even do so right I don't know. That shit be crazy, but it, I guess it was good for the culture. Like I definitely think it was good for the culture. You <laughs> it know? was entertainment. Like that shit went up. Like, yeah, they know? made a moment. And also, I think like even Jeezy, though some people might have thought that he didn't necessarily stand up for himself in the way they should or whatever. I mean, I, I I believe him that he he really has grown a lot as a person. And I think that the that memory of ten fifteen years ago is like it's just a memory to him. It's like I don't think he really wants to be moving around like that. Yeah. And I feel like he was, he probably was going against a lot, like, cause like Gucci got all the, the new little wave, you know what mm. I'm saying? Like he got all the the new people coming up, like Pusha I used to Pusha and all them, like shout out to them, I fuck with them. He got all those people in Jesus. Jesus really ain't got nobody under his wing. Like mm. if he probably feel like he was in the room by himself then there, other than the people probably that came with him, but it's like shit. Gucci had everybody. Most of the the masses probably was gonna go with Gucci regardless, cause he's so. He he, more relatable to the to the youth to the younger crowd right now. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So how how do you get a relationship with somebody like Fujiano that I heard on on your tape and shit? Um, you seem like you have a lot of good relationships. Like every tape has a bunch of popping artists that you seem like you have a real connection with. Yeah, my um my homeboy did like him and Fujiano was locked up in um, Green County together. Oh shit! So I kind of I kind of knew a Fujiano through through uh through Jew. And then like Fuji just came home and he was turned up. Like he just he has turned up. He did the uh he had got with Boom Man, then got with Gucci. And um and Carter was like, said Fool wanna do a song, like send him a song. And we was in Miami. I did that song he was on, like I did that shit like two minutes. Like literally he'll tell you, Carter right there, he'll tell you. I did two to, like two to five minutes at the most. Uh-huh. And shit, we sent it to him and he sent it right back. And I was in Atlanta. And um, he was like, pull up, let's shoot a video. And I shot the video, I put up to his trap. Like, them boys turned up, they ran to the house. Like, they ran to the front yard. They got like sticks on them, all kind of shit. Like, it was just me and my brothers. Like, I pulled up in a Lambo truck. And they was like, oh, that's black. So we just shot the shit, just like how you seen it on there. Like, we just shot the video real quick. Them was most of his partners. Uh-huh. So we pulled up, and all his, all his folks was cool. So we shot that, and I just been locked in with four ever since. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, have you always had the Black Zach rap name? Yeah, for sure. Okay. When yeah. did you decide that that was, that was the name for you? Was that just your nickname since you were a kid? That was like a nickname a female gave me in like high school. Uh-huh. That was before I was rapping. She just called me, like my real name is Zach, and I'm black as hell. So <laughs> she was like, shit, Black Zach. So she, I just running with it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're a rapper, I feel like is a is a very good benefit to having your first name rhyme with your last name. Same with Waka Flocka, Chief Keef. 
Yeah, Black Zach. I ain't even thought about that. Though. I think it's helpful because then somebody could put your name in a bar and it, it already has a rhyming element to it. Exactly. That's yeah. hard. I ain't thought about that. Yeah, I always think about that. But um, <laughs> was it always the, the, the four C's or was there ever a time where it was CK? Never was that. Okay. I always been CC. Okay. For sure. And so the Crip thing, was that something that you known about since you were a kid or when did that become a part of your life? Since a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the color blue. It ain't got nothing to do with Crip. I just like the color blue. Respect. So, um, you think you got a problem with lean? I used to drink lean. I don't drink lean. You're no over more. it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Just talking about it now, you made me want some. Yeah, because I'm, I'm hearing you rap about it, and there's certain people when I hear them rap about it, I'm like, man, this guy sounds like he likes lean a little too much. <laughs> but, okay, what, what made you decide that wasn't a good part, a uh, good thing to have in your life anymore? I ain't gonna lie. What really made me like stop it, like me and my brother Beasley was about to fight. So I was like, and that's my like that's one of like my best friends. Like he like my friend, but I call him my brother. And me and him was so like leaned out, like we drank so much lean, and we ain't had none. So and if anybody who knows drink lean, like that's just how you moody. Oh yeah. And we was about especially to really, when it runs up. Yeah, we was about to really fight, and I knew it was because of the lean. So I was like, man, I ain't about to fuck with this shit no more. Really? Yeah, I was like. And I stopped for a little while, then I started drinking again. But I've been on and off. I ain't been like heavy with it because I used to buy like eight pints at a time. Like, wow. Like I was at South by Southwest with like 10 pints, no cap. Like, if you got 10 Austin, pints of South by Southwest, you're the most popular guy at South by Southwest. I swear to God. <laughs> but that's RP Fredo. He was in the, um, we got a picture. He was at our uh, Airbnb. Really? Yep. Yeah. RP Fredo. R.I.P. I mean, there's countless examples. Like, there's so many people, whether it's a Boosie or a, you know, I got so many friends, even somebody now, like somebody who just quit, like Sauce Walker. It's like all these guys were the the people who love Lean the most and got the most songs about Lean and stuff. They all hit a moment in their career where they're like, you know what? It's destroying my body. It's ridiculously expensive. It's just nothing good really comes from this after a while. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad I stopped uh, drinking from hearing the prices now. Like, that mm. shit ridiculous. I don't want to pay that shit for no damn three hundred dollar lines and shit. and shit. Yeah, that's cheap. That's cheap drink. Like that ain't. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. That's what, crazy. So, so you remember the act days or not? Nah, I wouldn't say like I was just a lean heavy drinker during the act day. I was I was like heavy when the high tech uh-huh. before the acorn and shit like that. I was fucking with like the high tech like heavy. Really. But that shit was kind of like cheap. It was like twelve hundred a bottle. Uh huh. Yeah, but I, I mean. Nah, shit, we get a high tech. That shit probably $6,000. Yeah, and it's crazy because somebody like Ben Baller, I, mem- I remember he was posting photos of like, you know, cases of pints and saying that they were $200 a bottle at the time. Exactly. Because, shit, the rappers made everything popular, I guess. Dude, Lean is like Bitcoin. If you were just stocked up back then, you could be fucking what? $100 million and shit. If I swear, if I would have known, I would have brought all the Lean back then. Damn. Just to wait on it. I feel like the Mexicans just got to come up with a better version of whatever the fuck they're doing down there. The Mexican, I think that's yeah, it come from there too. I thought it come from Canada. I don't know, but I know the Mexicans be trying to make the fake lean. They just got to get their formula right. That way, yeah. people will shop with them exclusively. Yeah, I wish I know how to make that shit. I know it's <laughs> somebody out there that know how to make. It. Yeah, you'd be the most fucking brilliant hood entrepreneur of all time if you could just have a nice lean setup going in your kitchen or whatever. Exactly. Leave the meth alone. Epic. Leave the meth alone. Pick up a lean bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Or don't. That's another option. <laughs> um, okay, so um, yeah, what what are you working on at this point in your career? Uh, like, what are you excited about? It feels like you've been dropping tapes like crazy consistently over the past couple of years. Um, you got more shit on the way. Yeah, eight hundred three legend out right now, but 
like I probably I really wanted to drop another project before the year before the year out like my birthday December 17th so I wanted to drop something around there I might do a deluxe mm. or something like that but get on some more music before the fourth quarter out and then just keep going crazy like the top of the year but I got artists and shit that I'm about to start you know what I'm saying pushing and promoting like Fat Low Lil Quail those people type people like that so I'm just trying to do that then like just keep opening the other businesses back at home, like a restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah, we got a smoke shop right now, like smoke shop. Then I be in real estate a lot too. I got like three properties. Damn, how's the smoke shop business? It's cool, like it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, you, you sell like a lot of like what backwoods and yeah, fucking fronto yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, or? hookahs, all that type of shit. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what's up. And then when you say the restaurant thing though, has that shit been affected by the the whole pandemic or? Nah, I said I want to open a restaurant. Oh, you haven't like, done it yet. Okay. Nah, that's I want to do that. Like some that's some family shit. Like cause my people like cooking, so I want to do a restaurant like that. Really? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, I mean to be able to give those kind of opportunities to your family would be pretty huge. Exactly. That's what's up. Um, okay. Anybody you want to shout out? Anything else we need to know about before we wrap this? 803 Legend out right now. SE in the motherfucking bit of SMG DME. Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina gang. Yeah. Appreciate it. Black Zach, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, and subscribe. Appreciate y'all.